You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks supporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. And bringing you today's show, as they always do, is Himalaya. You can get Locked on Bucks on the brand new podcast and app Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And, and when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Bucks. Also bringing you today's episode is a new sponsor for us called Wise. That's W-Y-Z-E. You can check out the website wise.com slash locked. Again, that's W-Y-Z-E dot com slash locked. And you can check them out and they have wonderful indoor cameras that can do it all. Wise is packed with premium features that allows you to see everything from anywhere for only $20. 1080p full HD, images so clear you won't miss a thing, night vision, two-way audio, and also a free rolling 14-day cloud storage to go along with the camera and no subscriptions. We really want to emphasize that nothing is too small for Wise Cam to watch because at $20 per cam, you can do anything. Go to wise.com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price. A little bit more on that later, but wyze.com slash locked. Shout out to them for being a new sponsor for the podcast. We're more than happy to have them here with us on Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric, that's Frank, and... The Bucks won, so I guess you're probably doing okay, Frank. Am I right? You know, there was a uh, 0 for 2 foul foul line uh, from <laughs> performance from Giannis at one point, but he made all his other free throws. Uh, but weird game, but but ultimately very satisfying. I think uh, coming into this weekend, knowing that Giannis was a question mark with the ankle sprain, and knowing you had a back to back, and I mean, even before we heard that Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe were going to be held out yesterday. Um, I would have taken a split, you know, just in the name of inching towards locking up home court uh, from a back-to-back on the road. Uh, Yesterday, obviously, I found very frustrating because they were so close to pulling off a really fun and, um, you know, house money type win with uh, obviously, you know, their three three best players um, resting. So, yeah, I mean, today, I mean, again, we are we are nowhere close to must win basketball or anything like that. Like we need to be clear here. Um, but it was obviously really nice to to get a you know a double digit win on the road. Uh, Giannis returns, doesn't re injure his ankle. Um, at least not. <laughs> we, we couldn't see anything. Played uh, thirty minutes, but um, you know physically I thought looked looked okay. But still had a frustrating night. Um, he was attacking the rim pretty much all night until 
he shot a few jumpers in the fourth quarter, but um, definitely not his best performance finishing. But um, ultimately, he scores 28, 11 boards, did Giannis things, and you know, shout out to Eric Bledsoe, uh, out dueling D'Angelo Russell, the guy that uh, snaked his uh, his, his All Star spot, and uh, Russell has been uh, having just some terrific games for the for the Nets of late as, as they've been playing very well. And um, Bledsoe, man, he came to play 29 points on 19 shots, uh, five rebounds, seven assists, five steals, two blocks, plus 21, um, game high plus 21. Individual plus minus can be very uh, deceiving on a single game standpoint, but it felt felt correct tonight with Eric Bledsoe putting up those numbers. And um, meanwhile, D'Angelo Russell, uh, 28 points, but 27 shots to get there. So, um, yeah, another shorthanded Buck squad, a little less shorthanded with Giannis playing, Middleton being held out for, uh, I guess, you know, kind of precautionary reasons with that groin injury. Doesn't sound like it's serious, um, per Mike Budenholzer, but, um, obviously any type of win tonight would have been uh, a very welcome thing and a, a weird game in that they once again got off to a monster start before kind of giving away the entire lead, uh, in the second quarter, but, Overall, um, I'd say that was a, a really quality win and, um, you know, nice to see the Bucks bounce back and do what they do after a loss. They win. I, I'm not sure, you know, I, I haven't conferred with Mike Budenholzer and the coaching staff on this one, but, you know, I think they'd really want me to let the public know that they can just not play against zone. They don't have a <laughs> chance against it. Every team should play it because they just won't be able to perform against it. So um, all the executives that listen to this, uh, your best course of action going up against the Bucks is to play zone against them because they will, they will surely not be able to handle it um, in any way. Um, you, can, you can tell them laying the sarcasm on pretty thick there. Um, I guess that's going to be like the takeaway from this game. And, you know, I saw some people on Twitter mentioning like, oh, yeah, you know, all the teams in the postseason are probably really checking out this this uh, this Bucks nets game to see the Nets uh, throw this 2-3 zone at them. And it's just like, you know, there's been two games where the Bucks have sort of struggled with a 2-3 zone uh, tonight against the Nets. And, again, only sort of struggled. They ended the night with a 116 offensive rating. Um so tonight against the Nets and the first time in Miami. And Frank, I think you might know what those two games have in common. Back-to-backs. The second night of a back-to-back on the road. Those are the nights where they sort of struggled with them. Oh, also worth noting this one, Chris Middleton didn't play. Tony Snell didn't play. Ersani Leosova didn't play. Malcolm Brogdon didn't play. Nikola Mirotic didn't play. Bonsi Colson did play. Uh, There's a lot of stuff to go through there. Um, So like, uh, and again, I I know that, you know, we talked about this after uh, the Hawks game yesterday, but you know, like there's always just the desire to be like, I learned something this game and we can take that moving forward. And, you know, we learned something new about the team. Uh, So like, I I get why that would, why people would want that to be the takeaway. Uh, But, you know, I just don't really think that's it. Um, You know, I I think this Bucks team ends up handling it pretty fine by the end of the night. And, you know, like if you're going to play 
Tim Frazier for 22 minutes in a playoff game, like you have much bigger problems than a two, three zone. Um, like that, like that, that is, that's just kind of the facts of life. And, you know, obviously in those moments, they're going to have less shooting out there, but I thought the moments where they did have shooting out there, uh, you know, there's that kind of that sequence where DJ Wilson hit his lone three of the night, Pat Connaughton, uh, hit one shortly after. And, you know, then they had like Brooke out there and it's like, okay, uh, in those moments where they actually had shooters out there, it didn't really seem to be a problem to me. So um, I just wanted to get that out of the way to start this podcast. And uh, now I think we can, you know, actually kind of talk about the game. And, you know, I just thought a kind of, obviously not a great performance from Giannis, uh, but the fact that he goes into that final quarter at four of 14, I think it was, uh, 14 points and ends it with 28 points <laughs> just kind of speaks to how good he is. And, um, you know, I thought, I don't, I don't know if this was the turning point, but, you know, I think the, the moment where I think you could feel plenty of confidence that the Bucks were taking this one home was when Giannis got that tip that should have turned into a steal, got fouled and the ball went out of bounds and they said it was out on Giannis. And uh, I don't know if you caught it on the camera, but like, he just like got the ball, gently tossed it to the official on your hand, looked at his arm as though he was looking for a scratch where he got fouled, shrugged his shoulders, and just kind of moved on with life. And it was like, ooh, Giannis stopped being angry about this. He has come to peace with how poor the officiating is tonight, and he was going to destroy you. Um, and like, that's just pretty much what happened. Like uh, immediately following, uh, I believe he, he gets a dunk after that. And then he scores 14 fourth quarter points and, uh, just relentlessly kind of attacks ha- has a three as well. And, you know, it was, it was one of those moments where, um, I don't know if there was freak out about whether or not the, the bucks would be able to lock up, uh, We'll be able to lock up the the one seed and you know finally take their magic number down to zero and get all this done. But you know, like there's just a little bit. Oh, you know, how's it all going to go? And I can't remember if I told you this on the podcast or if it was uh, before the podcast. But it was just like, okay, like this isn't this isn't the Bucks of old. Like you tell Giannis he's got to win two games and four chances, three chances, hell, maybe even two chances. Um, he's going to do it. Like he's just that good. And I, to me, that's what this fourth quarter kind of spoke to is just that he's too damn good to let them lose a game like this. And you just kind of saw it, a 40 point fourth quarter for the bucks. Obviously, but isn't going to be happy with their defense uh, in the second half, or I guess really outside of the first quarter. Um, but in the end, the bucks were just too much. And, and Giannis was uh, a very large reason why. Yeah, there, there were kind of probably two plays I can think of in the fourth quarter that sort of, you know, exemplified the the not-to-be-denied sort of spirit <laughs> that Giannis brought in. And, um, you know, one was uh, he hit the three that, that extended the lead. And then I think it was it the next time down the court, he takes another three. By the way, you could... He, he t- I think he was he was um, kind of sized up. Clock was starting to run down. And he was matched up on the perimeter with Jared Allen. And you, you could just tell he was going to try to get into a rhythm pull up three because you know he he mm-hmm. obviously is much more comfortable shooting threes off a of bounce um and so he takes the three holds the release 
back iron, so I didn't miss it by much, but Alan had to come out and challenge because uh, he had just made one. And <laughs> then he is able to nip ahead of Alan. And then um, with Alan, you know, 20 feet from the basket, he then just, you know, uses those massive strides to just go right around. I think it was Damari Carroll or he might have been. I think guys. he might have got fouled again. Like yeah, someone he he like tried pushed. to strip it. Yeah, he got <laughs> He got, I think he got pushed. He had to go full extension to, to slam it as he was sort of, you know, um, drifting out of bounds. Um, but that was another one of those like, you know, GTFO, you're too small, you annoy me, you know, flick the fly off your shoulder mm-hmm. type type plays. Um, and the other one was um, he took a, a corner jump shot, um, gets the rebound, gets it stripped, and then just kind of just, again, force of will. It would have been a little more cathartic if he had, of course, dunked it, uh, as he so often does, but from a tough angle, um, lays it up and in uh, for another finish in there in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, I mean, again, this is, uh, you know, this is what we've seen it all year. Giannis maybe not having a great game, and then he's able to have a huge second half or a huge fourth quarter. And and obviously in this game, that, that was big because, um, you know, they come out to a huge early lead, what was 34 to 13 at one point. Um, and then, you know, the Nets get back into it. I mean, the Nets shoot tons of threes. They're a good team. I mean, it's not shocking. And as you alluded to, they, they were running a lot of that zone. And, um, you know, again, the Bucks are, are not, um, you know, they, they've seen zones and they've generally exploited zones. Um, but tonight, uh, you know, they, they got thrown off maybe a little bit by it. Um, and really the interesting thing about them putting up a huge scoring number on a night when the other team zoned them a lot is, they didn't shoot that many threes and they didn't make that many threes, 11 out of 34. So they beat the zone by really attacking and cutting and, and being able to, to get two pointers and, you know, they did get 26 out of 30 free throws as well. Um, But a a really poorly officiated game, I would say in general, Um, there were just some terrible, some really head scratching calls. Um, You know, the, I'm thinking of like, I I retweeted a video of people are curious of, uh, um, Karis LeVert and I think it was Joe Harris kind of sandwiched Giannis and kind of like were like, you know, arm wrestling, looking like they're ready to do a chorus <laughs> line. And then Karis LeVert just like launches himself to the ground uh, and draws an offensive, or I guess it might've been a loose ball foul technically on Giannis. Or, no, I think it, maybe it was an offensive foul, but anyway, it was off ball. Um, and then that call in the fourth quarter where George Hill like clearly seemed to get to the ball first and then got mm-hmm. like pushed and somehow they called a loose ball foul on George Hill on an offensive rebound. It was just like, what? Um, and if the bucks were not up by like 10 or whatever they were at the time, I'm sure it would have been probably, you know, more, more aggravating, but um, you know, I find, I was watching a lot of this game on mute and it, it seemed like pretty regular. It was like, Oh, there must've been a technical foul because D'Angelo Russell shooting a free throw <laughs> with nobody, with nobody around him. And uh, how many techs tech were there in this game? Like two or three? Something like that. Bucks got three. Yes. Three Bledsoe Lopez and somebody else. Um, but uh, Sterling, I believe. And Sterling. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, there, there were a lot of kind of frustrating aspects of this game. Um, but, you know, interesting. I mean, 26 fouls called on the Bucks. That's the third most they've got whistled for all season. Um, and then also uh, 23 turnovers by the Nets. That is the third most that the Bucks have forced all year. They have, really been the one thing they don't do given how conservatively they play they really don't force many turnovers um but that obviously helped tonight in terms of um really in a lot of ways just sort of making up for the fact that the bucks got uncharacteristically crushed on the offensive glass uh 32 offensive rebound rate um that's like 
you know, they're usually in the low twenties. So that, that's a, that's a big number, 16 offensive rebounds. I think 11 of those were in the first half for the nets, um, where they just seem to get a lot of reloads and, um, obviously that, that hurt them a lot, but, uh, you know, ultimately the bucks 68 to 42 advantage in the paint. So, you know, the gimmick of, of the two, three, obviously, the Bucks over time figured it out, even with Giannis kind of having a, a slow start. And and again, I I mean, look, I'm I'm sure that the ankle injury is probably limiting him somewhat, right? I mean, it's only natural that he wouldn't be quite peak peak Giannis right now. Um, but the flip side is, you know, he shot some jumpers, but it really wasn't until the fourth quarter, I think, that he really started shooting jump shots mm-hmm. and um, he was going at Jared Allen. He was going at everybody and, you know, just kind of wasn't, wasn't finishing the way you might expect. And again, maybe if he was a hundred percent, maybe he rams home another one or two of those. He almost had a terrific facial on Allen got fouled and um, ended up kind of putting off the back iron, which was so close. And he was, you could tell he really wanted that one. And then at the end of the first quarter, he goes coast to coast, just, you know, just barges his way through the entire team um, and ends up, just after uh, the buzzer, putting it through the rim. Uh, replay, uh, our, our friend of the pod, Ben Thompson, tweeted out a picture that showed, I think it was Jared Allen, clearly was just grabbing him on the wrist as he tried to ram it through. So should have been a foul call before the buzzer as well. But um, again, bad officiating uh, overall tonight. And, um, you know, very kind of nice persevering effort from Giannis to kind of battle through. Obviously not his most efficient night. And, you know, fortunately he also got help, you know, when you don't get an efficient night from Giannis, um, you know, typically that that's going to be a bad thing for your offense, especially with Middleton uh, being held out again tonight. But um, like we said, Bledsoe was just really good. Um, George Hill, we've talked about him and how important he's going to be, especially with Brogdon out. Um, I mean, clearly his best scoring night uh, of the season since arriving, right? 11 shots, 22 points. He had some really big shots after the Nets kind of had basically, you know, even the game out. He, uh, he continued to make shots attacking the paint. Um, I thought he was really good. And um, I mean, Sterling Brown, 14 points. Like it, it's hard to believe that like a week ago, I think 14 points would have been like close to his career high <laughs> and one off. Of yeah, yeah. And now he's, uh, he's pretty much just kind of shows up every night and is giving you uh giving you double digits. And, um, you know, we, uh, we're seeing him be able to, to get to the rim more and, and finish. And, um, you know, again, he had a, he had a key lefty layup, uh, in, I think it was in the fourth quarter when the bucks kind of needed a bucket. And, um, you know, again, obviously with, with his ability to, to do that, uh, as well as, you know, be a guy that that can be a positive and a pest on the defensive end. Um, obviously, that you love to see it because I think that's you know that's the silver lining of I guess all these injuries is it's it's meant an opportunity for for some of these other guys and um, you know th- there's no good time for for injuries to to crop up. Um, but getting Sterling back in the lineup um, and having him be able to contribute on both ends, really looking much more consistent offensively. Um, you know, Pat Connaughton, 12 points, seven rebounds, three assists, three steals. I mean, he just quietly has been basically doing that like all the time lately. <laughs> and that is, is so huge, you know, with, with all the wings and, and guards that the Bucks have been missing, getting such consistency out of Pat and Sterling in particular is just, is just such a bonus. And, um, you know, you, you slandered Tim Frazier earlier. Uh, I, I, I we got to say, I mean, Tim Frazier tonight, didn't put up the 20 and 15 night he had in his 53 minutes yesterday, but uh, seven points on four shots. He had a couple big threes, seven assists, a steal, one turnover, 
plus three in 22 minutes. And, and again, I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously been a, uh, card carrying, uh, actually passport carrying member of the, the Christian Wood fan club, but you know, it's encouraging that a night like this where the Bucks, they needed Tim Frazier. I mean, they, they needed all these dudes to play. Yep. Um, it's encouraging that, that obviously there was a, a real benefit to having another point guard on the roster and a guy that could, um, either play with, uh, Bledsoe and, and Hill or, or play off them a little bit. So, um, you know, am I, uh, excited for Tim Frazier to play playoff minutes? No, I hope that in no way has to happen, but obviously seeing some signs of life for him and him just getting a little more comfortable, um, you know, that, that at a minimum, I, I hopefully makes it a little bit easier to, uh, to just lock up this one seat here. Uh, and, uh, and hopefully then, you know, Tim Frazier can play 48 minutes in the last week of the season after the Bucks lock up, uh, lock up the one seat and, and home court throughout. So a little breaking news, Frank will not be funding or founding, I suppose the Frazier foundation. I'm trying to think, uh, I was trying to go, it's, it's the, uh, is there, is there a, is there a place the, that we could go with Frazier? Yeah, it's, it's a very small place, um, called the Frazier Fjord. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why it's like a Norwegian landmass, but don't ask. Um, it, it, it's a, it's an alliterative land formation. And so that's all, that's the only requirement I have. So uh, if anyone looking to uh, maybe do a weekend at the, at the Fraser Fjord, um, it, it's now we've discovered it after his uh, last two games. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, you know, Frank, it's, it's honestly kind of, you know, I guess it's appropriate that today is our our first day with Wise as a sponsor because, well, you know, maybe they could have used a few more cameras in Barclays Center tonight. You know, maybe these in the indoor cameras could have been used there to really get things going because uh, there was some missed foul calls and you know the 1080p full HD cameras from wise really would have helped out. That would have been really good. Image is so clear. You won't miss a thing. That's literally the line, Frank. So, you know, those officials wouldn't have missed all those calls. You know, if they just had some wise indoor cameras installed, their cameras do it all. Wise is packed with premium features that allow you to see everything from anywhere for only $20 night vision to a audio is included as well. The Wise mission is to bring amazing smart home products accessible to everyone. Check on your home anytime with Wise's Wise app's live stream. Connect with life as it unfolds in sharp focus. Live stream with eight times digital zoom as well. As I've already mentioned in the intro, free rolling 14-day cloud storage as well as no subscriptions. So, uh, you know, if you're, you know, trying to referee a basketball game from afar, these wise cameras might work out. Uh, You know, if you're trying to keep an eye on your kids while you're not at home, that would be, uh, you know, something as well. Uh, I know as a child, I broke many things in my parents' house because I was playing. And if my parents had these cameras, I would have been in a lot more trouble. Well, actually, I'm sure they saw (laughs) through my lies because they were probably not very good at eight years old. Uh, But I tried anyways. uh, So they probably saw through it anyways. But this would have given them proof. And then they would have really had me there. And if you want some more, they have that as well. For just $10 more, Wise Campan gives you 360 degrees degree coverage in under three seconds life moves fast your camera should too 
110 degree per second rotation speed, 360 degree horizontal range, and a 93 degree vertical range. Patrol your room with pan scan. Set the camera's patrol route with up to four custom waypoints or track the action. Wise Cam Pan automatically detects tags and tracks motion within its field of view. Keeping up with life in real time has never been so easy. It also works with Alexa and, as I mentioned, free rolling 14-day cloud storage. We also want to make it very clear, this works with your mobile phone from anywhere on the app. So go to wise.com slash locked. Again, that's W-Y-Z-E.com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price. And a reminder to all of you, to get this show every day, subscribe to Lockdown Bucks on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlist and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Bucks. Frank, looking at this game, you know, um, I, I think it's really interesting to kind of start playing with the the postseason rotation a little bit um just because I, it's a it's actually a question uh our good friend bart winkler asked me on the podcast uh or asked me on chuck and winkler uh last friday morning but you know he was you like mean, what's your favorite bradley center memory that question I, just wait, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't think I've ever heard Bart ask that question. So um, I have no idea. Um, maybe we could have him come on and give a very uh, journalistic interview. And maybe that'd be a question he'd ask. I don't know. Um, but, you know, looking at it, we had kind of, you know, thought about, you know, the, the starting five. And then, you know, you go through who the bigs are that'll, that'll come off the bench and kind of how this will work. And then, you know, I, I think... You know, George Hill is pretty obvious to me. Like, Bud trusts him. He has great positional flexibility. You know, he can play a, different, a couple different ways, good on defense, just incredibly solid. And if he's more aggressive, you know, that ends up really helping out as well. Um, but then, you know, you, you kind of go down the line and, you know, you start to think through, you know, like just how many wings do you need? Like, how is this all going to work out on, you know, a, a day where Chris Middleton comes back and, you know, you have your normal four with Middleton, Bledsoe, Lopez, and Giannis. And then, okay, so you slot in, let's say, Pat Connaughton. Then George Hill is the first one to come off the bench. Or maybe it's Tony Snell that gets slotted in the starting lineup. Or maybe it's Sterling Brown. Like, I don't know how you work out the whole Pat Connington, Sterling Brown, Tony Snell situation. Because I don't, I, one, I don't know how deep you need to go in the playoffs. I think nine probably sounds about right. And then, you know, on top of that, you know, how do you keep those guys in rhythm and, you know, make things work with trying to figure out all of that? I, I'm really going to be curious to see how Bud tries to do this because, you know, I think in the last month or so, he's really started to like having Pat Connerton on the floor. We've seen Connerton go 30 plus minutes a bunch of nights. Yeah, I think he really likes having Sterling Brown on the floor. And obviously we already knew that he really likes having George Hill on the floor. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how all of that works out. Yeah. I mean, I think my prediction for the first round with, uh, when Malcolm is out, um, in that scenario, uh, Obviously, George Hill is kind of non-negotiable off the bench. You know, he's he's definitely gonna gonna play. 
You know, there's no question about him. And then, you know, he's been playing two big guys off the bench and basically running, you know, kind of the four, four bigs with, with Giannis Lopez, uh, and then plus two more kind of all season, right. That's sort of been the the model. So, um, you know, certainly, I mean, we've been seeing DJ Wilson playing a lot more of late with all the injuries. Um, you know, let's be honest, come playoff time. I'm just going to assume that it's, it's Miritich and Ilyasova. Um, so that leaves you, you know, with, with an eight man rotation already. Uh, and I have Mm -hmm. to think at this point, um, Connaughton has to have the edge over Snell, especially, you know, if, I mean, it's kind of interesting because Snell's, um, seems like he's getting in work. Um, you know, he's, he's not like in a like boot or something like that. Um, but with that ankle, he obviously hasn't been playing and, you know, it's interesting because he's quietly been a guy who's pretty much played all year, right? He hasn't, he's like the one guy off the bench in the wing rotation that has never really like totally fallen out of it for a few weeks. And pretty much everybody else that we've talked about has at some point, whether it was Sterling at the beginning of the uh, season or Connaughton in the middle of the season, um, you know, Divincenzo for a long time. Until the injury, like Tony Snell and Brooke Lopez were the only yeah, bucks to play every play game. Every game. Yeah. Like, so, so it's weird. Cause there's obviously um, a level of trust there, right. Um, that, that he kind of knows what he's going to get from Tony, even though, you know, Tony's had, you know, Tony's the kind of guy who just, is especially offensively just sort of his MIA certain nights, right? I mean, he just like takes two shots and doesn't score a point. And, you know, he had a streak, what, like for a week or something where he didn't score a point earlier this season. Um, but he's, you know, versatile defender who's kind of reliable and, um, you know, generally shoots well and you kind of know what you have with them. So I, I think it's interesting because, you know, if you were going to try to shoehorn like all the guys who quote unquote, you know, deserve to play, um, I mean, again, assuming Snell is healthy, even with Brogdon out, you're kind of you're kind of at ten guys, right? I mean, you're at Hill uh, again. I'm assuming Sterling. Let's say Sterling starts because he's been the guy that that has started when um, when they've been only down Brogdon here of late. Um, let's say it's it's Hill Sterling. Uh, sorry, Sterling starting, and then um, Hill, Connaughton, Snell, Miritich. Urson, that's still 10 guys, even with Brogdon out, which mm-hmm. just kind of underscores. I mean, I haven't even included DJ Wilson, who, you know, obviously I would rather play over Urson, although Urson has played much better of late. So I don't think it's been like some some big issue, especially from a regular season perspective of late, that that Urson has, you know, been getting, you know, regular minutes. Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, can you pick somebody out of that group that, that won't play? Because... <laughs> It's going to be two bigs, and it's going to be Hill, and then I think it's just who's is there an odd man out um, among among the wings? Yeah, I just think it is so. T- I I am really curious because I I tweeted during the game today, and I tweeted it uh, during the Rockets game. But if you play some sort of rotation at the one and two of Bledsoe, Hill, and Brown you have three dudes that no one wants to go up against offensively. And again, like offense players are always going to have the advantage and they're going to think they're better, but like that night is going to suck for you. If you, if across 48 minutes, you see one of those three guys the entire night, it's a, it's going to be a long night. And uh, I, I, as, as well as Pat Connaughton has played as of late, obviously his shot has come around and uh, he just flies around for rebounds and ends up getting to dunk a game on, on a good cut and, you know, just does all the little things. And as much as, you know, Tony Snell is very consistent from the three point line and uh, has been adding 
more Tony Snell did what type things to his game. Like, you know, you get all those things, but like they don't have that edge that Sterling does like that. That's just uh, to me, something, something more that, that you can get out of that other than, you know, like hustle plays and, you know, being in the right spot. Like I think all three of those guys, Connaughton Brown and Snell, I'll give you that. I just think, you know, I think having a physical, you know, guard type player, I think feels like something, you you know, you kind of really want in the playoffs. Like, you know, I think back to like a Lindsey Hunter type guy that was, you know, just physical as all hell and defending all over the floor. And it's like, oh man, like that, that really stinks to go up against. And um, for me, like I, I just tend to keep coming back to him, but I don't know. Like it, it's just a bloodbath with those three, like between Connaughton Brown and Snell, like all of them have had very clear moments during this season. And, you know, Snell was pretty consistent throughout the season. And now Connaughton and Brown are both coming on really strong at the end of the year. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is, I think one of those, those things that, what did we talk about last year during the coaching search? We talked about coaches make role players look better. And here we are with, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, to me, shoe in uh, coach of the year and in, in Mike Budenholzer. And we're talking about all these guys who are, you know, getting paid in the case of Sterling and Pat um, very little money. Obviously t- Tony, Tony's an outlier there, unfortunately. Um, but, but those guys mm-hmm. who, you know, are, are, Played, paid like end of the bench role player guys you know Connaughton was signed very under the radar I mean the the freaking Blazers like signed Nick Stauskas immediately in free agency over and basically let Pat walk um which is just absurd to me but thank you um mm-hmm. so so yeah I mean this is the thing I mean the, the Bucks have figured out how to get the most out of you know all, all these guys and it it pays dividends in situations like what the bucks are in now. Right. I mean, they've got like, you know, they can roll out a skeleton crew and guys who haven't been guaranteed playing time all year can, can come in and, and be really helpful guys. I mean, you know, Fraser, I mean, a guy that, you know, was out of a job a few weeks ago, suddenly, you know, has that horrible start. And now he suddenly, um, you know, he and the fjord are, are, uh, are looking uh, much better here over the past 24 hours. By the way, I'm curious, I haven't done the math on this, but, Frazier played 22 minutes tonight. He played 53 minutes uh, yesterday. I'm curious how many times Giannis played 75, or, or Chris or any of the Bucks regular players. <laughs> I'm curious how many times the Bucks had one of their like actual good players play 75 minutes in a back-to-back scenario. I'm guessing never this season. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, this season? I thought you were going to at least give me last season. No, no, like, no, 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 this season. So. No, there's no chance that ever occurred between yeah. no way. No way. By the way, one uh, one one thing I'll say ahead. I like about Pat too, like when I think about sort of these um, you know, the 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 combinations and stuff. Um the thing I like about Pat and Sterling is Sterling obviously gives you a strength and toughness that um, you know, and a nastiness that that I don't know if any of the other guys do. And again, not that he's net net a better defender than um than Snell. Um and I don't to be honest, I don't even know if he's like end result, even a better defender than Connaughton, even though you certainly eye test would seem like it. Um, but, you know, then you have Connaughton who is a six, four guy who, you know, comes off the bench, gets dunks every game, um, <laughs> gets, you know, rebounds like he's like a power forward. And is able to play kind of outside area 
in ways that again you just don't expect like a six four guy to be able to do. Um, it's just it's just a really nice to have sort of these guys who obviously all of them are willing to shoot threes. And you know, with Pat getting hot of late, he's up to about thirty three percent on this season now, which is obviously really encouraging. Um, you know, all of a sudden you have a bunch of guys who can shoot threes. And they can do kind of other stuff defensively, offensively. They all kind of bring their their own wrinkle, and um, so it's it's just a obviously you know there's been so much focus on the Bucks injury problems of late, and justifiably so. But I think it's also a nice reminder that um, you know the Bucks have the depth that you know they're you know again, Bonzi Colson should not be playing any minutes in the NBA. Um, Tim Frazier ideally would not be playing <laughs> any regular rotation minutes right now, um, but a lot of these other guys, um, you know, dusting them off, whether it's DJ, whether it's Pat, whether it's, um, uh, you know, Sterling, these guys are, you know, growing into bigger roles and, you know, it's not like stretching them into these bigger roles has resulted in them like, Oh, being exposed as, as bad players or something like that. And, you know, it's easy to forget this was a back to back granted yesterday was an early game. Um, but you know, Giannis didn't play yesterday, thankfully, but so didn't play yesterday, but, you look up and down the roster. I mean, Pat Connaughton, Brown, um, you know, those guys in particular playing mid thirties minute loads tonight. They played a lot yesterday as well. Um, they're not necessarily used to playing big minutes all the time. And, and again, I mean, they're, they're NBA athletes, so it's not like a crazy thing to ask them to play 30 minutes, but, um, but it was still a back to back and for them to bounce back from obviously a, a game yesterday that was, that was pretty frustrating to lose when it seemed like they had it a couple of times. Um, you know, that's what makes this team, the, the, the best team in basketball and you know when you look at the standings yeah I mean that's uh that's a back-to-back on the road against a playoff team again an eastern conference playoff team I'm not going to try to sell you on you know this win being as impressive as the one they had against the Nuggets earlier this year on a road back-to-back uh in elevation against one of the best teams in the west but that's still Still pretty impressive win. Um, and uh, obviously all the circumstances you laid out uh, kind of feed into why it may not be as impressive, but still, you know, that's that's a really good win from this team. And, you know, one at this point that I don't think we're all that surprised uh, at getting. Um, one other thing I was going to mention, Bledsoe I, I thought was great tonight. 29 points, 10 of 19 from the field, uh, seven assists, five rebounds, five steals, two blocks. Um, I think, ironically enough, I think that's the closest anyone's gotten to a five-by-five five this year uh, with Giannis on the team. Oh, oh yeah. I was going to say Nurkic had one for the Blazers, but you're talking about Bucks. yeah. Yeah, like with Giannis on the team, uh, you would think Giannis for sure would have had one of those, but um, I don't think he's gotten to – has he gotten to five in either category? I don't think he has. Um, it could be wrong. I'd have to check. Maybe five blocks? Uh but either way, just a really impressive night from Bledsoe. And, you know, it just continues the trend of, oh, you're an elite guard playing really well right now. Here's Eric Bledsoe. Good luck. And, you know, like you look at the end of the night. And again, Bledsoe doesn't have him for the whole game. And it's not just Bledsoe. It's the team defense. But 28 points for D'Angelo Russell. It takes 27 shots for him to get there. It's 4 of 12 from the three-point line. Uh, you know, he has six turnovers as well. Like you know, you just look at at what Bledsoe does, and at the end of the night, he's a plus twenty one uh, in a game that they win by eleven, like or by ten, excuse me, one thirty one, one twenty one. So kudos to Eric Bledsoe, great game, and showed why the Bucks miss him very much when he doesn't play. And, and um, I think 
But I think that's yeah. And I was just gonna say too. I mean, and I think also. I mean, he he obviously has been up and down, often more down than up over the last like month, maybe. Um, he's had some really good games, and obviously, a night like tonight is when you need him to to do what he did, right? I mean, you know, one of the strengths of this team has been maybe they don't have that clear cut, like, okay, that second guy who's, you know, a legit star caliber player. Um, But on any given night, um, it could be Eric Bledsoe. It could obviously be Chris Middleton. It could be Brooke Lopez. It could be Malcolm Brogdon. Um, You know, there's, there's been a a, a times when we've seen all those Miritich, even since he's come back. And now obviously with most of those guys missing tonight, um, it was, pretty much down to Bledsoe uh, to, to do that. You know, I don't think we were expecting Sterling to score 27 again tonight. So to get, you know, an efficient scoring night. And, you know, I thought with, with, uh, with Russell, um, you know, the Bucks were around him the whole night. I mean, you know, like he, it wasn't like he was just doing whatever he wanted. He had one of those like crazy floater, like shot clock level uh, weird shots. Um, but uh, they, they definitely made life challenging on him, and it wasn't just a matter of him missing like open threes or something like that. Yeah. And obviously, the six turnovers speaks to that, and I think half of his free throws he isn't a isn't a guy who gets to the line much. I think half of his free throws were on technicals. So, um, you know, certainly uh, a nice job bottling him up, and um, you know, ultimately look at the the accounting of this game and and why the Bucks won. Um, you know, easy to look at the point guards and say, well. Eric Bledsoe was really, really good and efficient, and D'Angelo Russell got his points, but he needed a lot of shots to do it, and, and obviously the turnovers. Um, that that was, you know, if you want to boil it down to one position, that that was the obvious one where uh, the Bucks Bucks won the battle and, and ultimately won the war as well. All right, that is going to be it for us for today. A big shout out to Wise for bringing you this podcast again. That's W Y Z E. Head over to wyze.com/slash locked. For the best price, the guaranteed low price, that's wyze.com slash locked. And they they have all those cameras for you. So if you wanted to make sure you got the absolute best footage of Eric Bledsoe, should have brought one into Barclays. Uh, That is going to be it for us for tonight. A reminder, as always, that with our show, you can subscribe to it on the new Himalaya podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Bucks. For Frank, I'm Eric. Bucks win 131-121 over the Brooklyn Nets. They are off until Thursday against the Philadelphia 76ers. We will talk to you again tomorrow to get you ready for that and much more. See you later.